0: Okay, now we're going to move to the, looking at the concept of a preconditioning level. And once again, use a case history And as we talked about. If you need to uh, create your own, that is perfectly fine. In which you were the counselor to show the necessity for moving from the uh, performance level to the uh, preconditioning. Now, what we're really talking about at the preconditioning is think of it as idols of the heart. All right, And we're, we're real familiar with uh, idols of the heart. There are books written about idols of the heart. Brad wrote a book about it. Well, uh, idols of the heart, Really is a relatively new term that we 've been using in counseling, so there's still these originally there were these concepts of the perform, the presenting problem, the performance, uh, and now down to the uh, preconditioning so that 's what they're talking about what's preconditioning what's really going on deep, deep inside the person 's heart that's driving them uh, to sin. So let's look at that a little bit. Uh, we'll continue with the previous example. There was more to this situation than just adultery. Remember, we said the uh, she had the she came in with grief originally. Then we saw that the performance level is that she was uh, committing adultery. Well, what was it that was even lower and deeper uh, in her heart? The uh, dealing with then the adultery situation. And so that's what we as counselors really want to help people see, okay, not just behaviorism and, and get them to knock it off, you know, doing these sins, but what's, what's going on in your heart that is setting you up, that causes a precondition to set you up and if the circumstances are right, you will fall into temptation. So, uh, here, something was going on in her heart. So we call that idol of the heart that was causing her to act in this manner. The preconditioning level is the deeper root uh, issue which had taken control of the heart. Preconditional dictated how she would respond to the adultery. So in this case, it was uh, she had a desire that had turned into a demand. So please, circle desire and circle demand. This is what really moves uh, when problems become an idol of the heart. It is great, and there are many, many godly desires. And this is where Christians get tripped up, is they have a a godly desire. They have a desire that they will have a... uh, a spouse that loves them or or respects them, they have a, a godly desire that uh, their their children will uh, obey them. They have a desire that their employer will recognize uh, and reward their good good work. These are all reasonable uh, desires. The problem becomes uh, so when they become demands, and we really. Uh, uh, demand these, and that uh, we are not going to be uh, satisfied with life until we get these. And uh, for us to be content, we must have them. Then what happens is, and the progression of an idol is from a desire, all is well there. Now, we have a desire that is uh, uh, sinful. I, was, I just picked up this... Uh, book here what is the vocation and I was reading here and someone had given a uh, address about uh, oh oh, here it is it's uh, uh, talking about it's vocation it's about work and uh, they were talking about a a handful of high profile corporate raiders arrested during the 1980s uh, could have served as uh, inspiration and template for for the character uh, But it was uh, Ivan Boski who delivered a 1986 commencement speech at the University of California Berkeley School of Business Administration and and told would-be graduates that greed is all right, adding greed is healthy. So you can see when your top business leaders in the country are given a commencement address that this is all right, why certain things happened on happen on Wall Street in the 1990s and are continuing to happen. So certainly not all desires are good. Greed is a sinful desire, shouldn't have that. But some of our, that should stop at that level. But often the idol of the heart that we have is a reasonable desire. But when it moves into the demand, that's when we are, are sinning there. So it uh, uh, moves into demand. Then what happens? We start, you have a desire, a demand, and then judging. We start judging this person who is not meeting our desire or demand. And then what happens is okay, we got a spouse who is not as loving as we think they should be. We are starting to demand that. We become in the judging part. Uh, We're realizing this person is doing me wrong. This is uh, not what I signed up for here. And then it moves to what we call the punishment role in terms of punishment, uh, bitter, manipulative, divorce, things like that. Okay? Progression of an idol. You watch it. Reasonable desire moves to a demand, judging the person and then punishing, and by then you are full-blown into uh, a sin here. So let's look at uh, uh, this situation. Uh, this person, as we uh, worked through it together, she had a desire that had turned into a demand to be understood and appreciated for who she is. I mean, that's reasonable. We all want to be appreciated. But uh, there's going to be times when people don't appreciate us to the level that we think we should be, you know, appreciated. All right? And sometimes that can be uh, our own pride, thinking, well, I should be appreciated at, at this level and at uh, at all times and at all costs. But to certainly be appreciated at a certain level, that is that is reasonable. So her opinion was that this was not happening, happening at all in her life through her husband, Um, and uh, this desire became so strong that she was willing to sin big time to get it uh, somewhere, somehow. So you can see how uh, this leads you. She thought her lover was soulmate. She had been searching for all her life. In the end, he was a liar and deceiver. So her preconditioning problem was making being appreciated an idol of her heart that became what she started to demand and to live for and was willing to look out outside so an idol uh, this idol in time took precedent over her worship of God uh, and so that's what they're talking about there in that material so uh, certainly if you want more material on idols of the heart you know, uh, Brad's book on it. Another book that has uh, good material on Idol of the Heart that isn't as long as Brad's book is uh, uh, Peacemaking for Families. The second chapter has an excellent little chapter on uh, Idols of the Heart and uh, find it very helpful for people to, to work through. So that was number, that was number 10. So now let's go to the next level in terms of these, these problems. So here's a little bit of an introduction looking at how a person comes in. This is what they say the problem is, presenting. Ooh, uh, Then we realize, oh, there's, there's something else. There's a performance level. And behind that, there's precondition. And now there are also these things that happen that are, are complicating problems. So it's not that complicating takes you lower than the preconditioning, but complicating is another type of problem that you'll see happening when people are sitting. And so just to get some handle on it, it doesn't look, when somebody comes in, it's just not chaos. It actually helps you if you write on a piece of paper, you know, the, uh, write on a piece of paper the um, presentation. Okay, what'd they come in for? All right now, as you're getting gathering data, what do you think the uh performance problem is, and what do you think the preconditioning and i've I've done that as a tool It's been very helpful for me to stay organized and uh it's interesting as I gather data, it changes you know i've found oh you know that's that's not really what the preconditioning is it's more like this, and so then you have. You have a call with a different type of problems, what you see that this person is. And then over in the next column, what are, what are some things that you, that you want to talk about in the counseling time that's going to help all three of those levels. They've, they've come in with the uh, presentation. A, we're going to think, well, this isn't really that important. We need to get the right to the performance. But they want help. So you can't ignore presentation. So how are you going to address it? And then especially as you get down digging deeper and or peeling off layers of the onion as you get down to the preconditioning, okay, what homework assignments do you want to give for that? And you might find by the time you get to the preconditioning level that there actually are a few idols there. So for those different idols, uh, homework that you want to assign. And then from that, as you're praying over that sheet, working with it, uh, come to help the person. Okay, so let's get back here to the a complicating, complicating problem. Is, is We're not going lower than the preconditioning. It's just a different type of problem. Uh, it says, define what it is. Uh, give a concrete example. Basically the definition. It's a problem caused by making a faulty, sinful response on an initial problem. In other words, you know, you uh, sin, and then uh, you have to start sinning in other areas to cover up your initial sin. Basically what what happens. Okay? So, let me give you an example here. And unfortunately, this was an example at the church I was at previously. And it happened... It, having to be widespread in this church. I had, as I got there and found out, there were all kinds of people who only went the first service because they couldn't stand the people who went the third service and did not want to see them because they had had unresolved conflict. And then they started doing other things that were complicating the situation. And so read through it here. Initial problem may be that a person becomes selfishly angry at someone in their church, and they've never asked this person for forgiveness. Okay. Uh huh. Or you know, somebody sold someone in a church a, a car that then uh, a week later the okay. Uh, you know, Kathy and Larry were telling me about a car they wanted me to buy over brake, the transmission, but they told me beforehand the transmission just went out. You know, the car goes, you know, somebody buys this car a week later and transmission goes out. Well, you know, one party thinks, well, they sold me this bummer car. They should take it back. The other people say, well, uh, it worked fine when I had it. How, what have you been doing with it? You know, this week you've had it. They never get it resolved. So then you have... this issue going on. Well, fortunately, I can't, in God's kindness, I'm sure we must have it. We're sinners here at Grace Fellowship Church, but I don't know of any that uh, skeleton like that in the closet. And uh, so uh, as time goes on, the person who is angry begins lying about why they don't want to attend events at the church. Because you got, all right, you got your first service people. You got your third service people. But oh, you're having a uh, you know a special dinner, or you're having something in the evening, and the missionaries are coming. You're, and uh, they think, oh, those other people might be there. You start lying, ah, uh, you know. Uh, so you now have lying. You have person lies about why they're not coming to church. Also, beyond that, they're not fellowshiping with other believers as they should be because of this. Original and now you end up with uh, a complicating problem. Besides this, and you, as you're dealing with people, you will see these things in in their lives, and you'll have to, as you're peeling the onion, working it through, helping them to be able to see. You know what you're doing here. This this sin has caused this sin has caused this sin, and you can start to see how things are spiraling down in their life, and they wonder why. Are they burdened with such sadness and such such guilt in their lives? So these are just uh, nothing fancy here. These are just sort of labels to sort of help you get a handle on what would be going on, so you can help uh, these people. So a couple notes there uh, on that to give you some uh, uh, guidance. All right. Now we we talked earlier about halo data. So, uh, halo data, uh, define it and give some examples of halo data for uh, depression. So, at least we're working on number 12 uh, there. So, halo data is information communicated in nonverbal ways. All right, now, you might think I'm uh, um, sneaky uh, uh, some people might think I'm uh, tricky, but all I'm trying to do is gather all the data I can. So when I have a couple come into my office, uh, I purposely set the chairs pretty close to each other. And so I want to see if they keep the chairs in the same spot or if they move it, and I'm, they might not realize it, uh, but I'm watching real carefully then to see who moved it. And uh, how did they move it? And that is what basically Halo data is. That gives you a whole lot about, it. now they might be telling me, oh, everything is fine and hunky-dory and this and that. And I, but I already, you know, something unusual has, has happened here. So stay alert, it's just not answering questions, but what's, what's going on? So this is what Halo uh, data is. Uh, it's gathered by observation through the counselor's senses of uh, sight and hearing. And uh, I'm a little limited on both those two, so you folks should be able to do just fine there to get your, your halo data. And uh, touch, feeling, uh, uh, even possibly uh, uh, smelling. So uh, they are actually two kinds of halo data. One is nonverbal behavior, the moving of the chairs is the uh, nonverbal. And then there's uh, paralinguistic communication. That's just a big word for verbal type of things. Not so much the exact objective words they've said, but their manner of saying, their tone of voice. Those are the two types. And it's amazing how much you can glean uh, from that kind of data as you're trying to help someone. So uh, let's look at it here. Let's look at some nonverbal behaviors that may indicate even a, a severe condition as depression. And when we're talking about suppression, depression, we're not just call, talking about a deep sadness. When we talk about depression, we're talking about this person has moved from sadness to deep sadness to it's starting to impact them being able to function. Uh, they are uh, get to this point, they're probably either sleeping way too many hours, you're talking about uh, 12, 13 hours a day or they're not able to sleep at all they're in the 3, 4 hour uh, category and uh, so, the, and it's impacting their ability to uh, work wise, to maintain a job, to keep a job if they have one and also uh, healthy uh, social uh, relationships so some uh someone that might actually be in this kind of situation, a nondescript facial expression that rarely changes. I told you about the fellow who came in for counseling who had the adulterous relationship, where that guy had a just a flat, flat face. Nothing. I could try and talk to him about the weather. I could try and talk to him about the sports. I could try and talk to him about hobbies. I could not get in the beginning anything out of this this guy. It was just a uh, deadpan. Also, a poor posture can indicate different things uh, going on. a poor posture that looks like the person is carrying a heavy, invisible uh, load on their shoulders. Also, uh, it's very interesting. you know, you, when you're counseling working with a couple, and um, you ask a question. Of, the, of one of them, and then you give a glance to the, to the spouse, and you see, excuse me, this uh, is coming off you see the spouse, them thinking nobody's looking, and they're rolling their eyes and doing that kind of, that is a type of, you know, halo data of, if it's happening here in the office, it must certainly be happening at uh, home. Uh, you know, or you ask a question, and the one spouse starts answering, and the other one tenses tenses up, you know. Or in the middle of a conversation, you know, there's a there's a quick look over. You know, that kind of that's the kind of information that we're talking about. Person giving you a uh, very limp handshake, you know, uh, or you you know hug a person and there's just nothing there. Also, clothing and general appearance is un you know unkept. You start to see uh, some patterns there. That's just in the area of uh, uh, depression. You you see someone who starts t- one of the spouse starts talking about something, and the other you see the other one shoot them a sort of a look that uh, hey that's that's an area that we don't talk about to people on the outside and where are you go in there and uh, and all of a sudden that person stops you know going any further so. Keep these in mind and get a sense of what's uh, going on. So on the other hand, you have the ones that deal with speech, uh, how they're talking, an example of this manner of communication that might even in depression, and I just use depression as an example here, but uh, you get halo data on a lot of things, had uh, little or no uh, inflection uh, to it, even when the... Matter of great importance are being uh, discussed. okay? Or the, the voice would demonstrate a loss of exuberance for life which is symptomatic of depression. Well, or you're know, talking to somebody and you ask him a question and uh, let's say it's the husband and certain things he's uh, just rather lackadaisical about. You're talking about uh, the home and then then you start talking about something else in the home and all of a sudden his speech uh, you know gets gets real strong very definite almost sounds like he's a, uh, a Master drill sergeant for the for the army. Okay, this is something that All right from what he said I couldn't tell that this was a major issue in the home but from the manner in which it was said I can tell that ooh, this is this is a big uh, deal. Uh, so be looking. That's all that halo data is. It's just a question to w- wake us all up. You're probably taking these in naturally, but as you're counseling, be especially just tuned in to how people are are re- responding. There. So that's that's all it is.